I'll give it a shot with my South Carolina accent. <laughs> If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 217 of Sapnin Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and this is one week where a love story is covered in Southern charm. Um, bits of it make sense, not, <laughs> not all of it though. But uh, yes, this week's guest is musician, YouTuber, videographer, and all-round lovely, lovely, lovely human being. Alex Melton. If you spend a lot of time on the emo side of YouTube, then Alex is probably one of your latest obsessions. He takes your favorite songs and makes them a different genre, while combining his love for pop punk, hardcore, and country music in the process. If you've ever wondered what No Scrubs by TLC would sound like, written by Blink-182, how the Amity Infliction could go yeehaw country, or if Harry Styles found his goth phase, then he's your guy, and trust me, he's done a lot of weirder interpretations than that as well. But all the success of his covers has resulted in a deal with Pure Noise Records, will be releasing his debut album, Southern Charm, next week on January 27th worldwide. So to celebrate, we thought we'd get to know Alex a little more with his personality behind the music, the whole world of covers and his comedy skits in between. This guy is a sensation and even though it's so annoying when someone is this talented, Sean, it's nice to have a few different conversations like this. Yeah, absolute prick for all our talent, but also, I can't stress this enough, a lovely, lovely human. Um, before we did this chat, I didn't really know much about Alex other than I'd seen a couple of his YouTube videos and seen that he was doing well. Morgan said that we should chat to him because, yeah, he's blowing up. And what a great chat it was. We talked everything from his story, how he got started, which is very, very inspirational, to what he thinks his channel is, his heroes he'd like to collaborate with. And after it, I talked to my girlfriend and I told her about him. I played the Downfall of Us All cover that he did by A Day to Remember. 
And she said, where has he been all my life? I love country and pop punk. So that was new to me, finding out my girlfriend likes country and pop punk, because I didn't know that. Um, And in the words of Aaron Lewis, it's been a while as well. So thank you very much, Alex, for coming on. I'd like to think we've become friends for life. Yeah. (laughs) I've got a new friend. I made a new friend. Ah, ah, The podcast is doing well. I made a friend. (laughs) Well, we can only hope. But honestly, I remember catching some of his videos a few years back. Um, during, during the lockdowns and when I was still in uni and it helped me like write my dissertation and stuff a bit, I guess, focus. So I'm glad that we could finally get Alex on and, and celebrate everything. And as you said, we talk about so much from how a Taylor Swift song changed his life, a ridiculous YouTube comments and reactions, collaborating with a bunch of the scene icons, secret details behind his record deal, and a beautiful full circle moment of performing his version of someone's song live with the band. So stay tuned throughout for all of that. Um, Just before we get into the conversation, a reminder, as always, if you like what me and Sean do, if you're a regular listener, if you haven't yet, please go and sign up to our (laughs) Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sapnin to help keep this going. There's a lot of extra benefits on the website as well, and you get included into a wonderful community of people who will become your new best friends. But without any further ado, let's check out the Southern Charm of Alex Melton on episode 217 of Sapnin Podcast. He is very, very charming. He is very, very delightful. It is Southern Charm, really, isn't it? Tidy. Sapnin! <laughs> Sapnin! you lovely fella. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sapnin! Sapnin! Sapnin, boys. 
yes! <laughs> Do you know what? That might be one of the better ones we've had so far. I loved the twang, the ad of boys. That is fucking perfect. Do you know what? Piss off, Brandon Boyd. You've lost. <laughs> this week's guest is musician, YouTuber, um, writer, videographer, uh, editor. Jesus Christ, he's got too many jobs. <laughs> it's Alex Melton. How are you? Great. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Good. Thank you. We are very happy to have you here. Yeah, we appreciate you taking the time, man. How's things just going on day to day at the moment? It's a very busy time. The album's fast approaching. How are you managing just kind of with all the schedules and preparing for the release? Yeah, it's um, it's a lot. I don't know if I would say that I'm managing it all the way. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it's interesting because I just do weekly stuff. I, I put out uh, basically the second that I finish a project, I'll hit upload. And uh, I can get that immediate feedback. And with this record, with Pure Noise, it has been literal years since I've done some of this. And um, so it's really interesting to now kind of like say, oh, it's ready. It's ready to come out. I, I had to listen to the record. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what we did. Mm. Um, and uh, it's I've been getting re-excited uh, about these songs that I was really excited to make. And they came out really good. And then I just kind of was like, Okay, well, you, you can't let anybody hear them yet. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, well, I got a lot of other stuff to do. Uh, but now people are hearing them and I'm hearing them again and I'm remembering how great they are. And uh, it's, it's, it's just a it's very foreign process for me. I, I don't work like this normally. So, uh, it, but yeah, there's a lot of, you know, I get to talk to people like you guys about it and I'm going on this little Sorry. mini tour. And, yeah, sorry. <laughs> and so there's a lot to prep for uh, on top of the weekly videos. And so, yeah, it's very busy. But, you know, as, as an independent one, well, I, I don't know if you can call me independent artist, but as someone who does a lot of DIY stuff, uh, being busy is, is pretty much what you want. That's, that's the goal. Well, that's a very interesting point as well, because especially with the weekly videos and stuff like that, I'm sure... Sometimes you spend so long on a certain project or a certain cover or something that as soon as it's gone out, that's it. You just have the feedback and you're on to the next thing. We can kind of relate to that a little bit with, with podcast episodes as well. But how long in, in particular can projects or certain covers take you? Can it be like a really quick turnaround or sometimes you're working on stuff for months before it's seen by the public? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a weird schedule I have. I, I almost... If something doesn't feel like it's going to work within five days, I kind of have to table it um, just because I, you know, it, it's, it's tough. I'm, I'm hard on myself. I always feel like I could do more. I feel like, well, if you just stay up till 4 a.m. and get up at 7, <laughs> you'll have time for everything. But, you know, I have to pick uh, like, okay, this, this song is manageable to, to arrange. And it will do decently well to make it worth my time and sustain me. And so, if it doesn't fall in those two categories, uh, unfortunately, now in my current workflow, I have to just kind of like put it off. And you know, maybe one day I'll get to the point where uh, I can open up a session from two months ago and and pick up right where I left off. But uh, you know, it's it's very hard for me to do that. I like to be uh, very immediate with my with my work. <laughs> 
is there any videos that you have um, that you haven't put out that you well that you personally love but you don't know might not do as well? Um, it's hard to to devote the time to making the video if I if I don't intend to put it out. Uh, I have over the years made a few uh, things that I have privated or taken down just because I feel like they weren't uh, up to the standard that I that I okay. feel like I, I need to hold myself to. But yeah, if if I if I go through the trouble of recording it, you you bet your ass I'm going to let people hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, again, we we can relate to the, to that especially, but. It's nice to see that you, you've had that schedule in mind now, and there's so much we want to get to and talk about in this conversation. But really, I've, I've seen online that when you like to explain what you do to people, is you basically say that you take their favorite songs and you make it a different genre. Now, so much has happened over the last couple of years with the rise of your YouTube, and you've collaborated with a lot of these kind of alternative idols, and you're signed to Pure Noise Records now, but... Really, how did all this start to begin? Where where did you first realize that this was an avenue you wanted to go down and and see the success of it? Well, you know, I I went to college uh, from like 2008 to 2012, and I got a a, a bachelor's degree in music. It was very vague. Um, it was it was not like a performance degree or a teaching degree, or it wasn't even like a. a a proper like music tech program. It was just kind of everything. I, I did like jazz ensembles and I took private lessons on percussion and other things. And, and I did have some pro tools classes and, and I learned how to basically learned like the, the crash course on pro tools, which changed my entire life. Um, and so I had this really great professor who he had come from Memphis. He has a recording studio there and he had, kind of been the head of this program in Memphis of like teaching kids how to, you know, be producers and engineers and stuff. And so he brought like a kind of a microcosm of that to our university. And so I left that program with this, like thinking that I was going to open up like a small recording studio. And um, I figured the best way to show off like my production skills is to just like record myself. So uh, I was like, what, what do people want to hear? And at the time, it was like 2012, the Taylor Swift's Red album was, was really huge. And so I covered uh, that song, We Are Never Getting Back Together, uh, in kind of like a pop punk style. And that was my first ever video on the channel. It was, it was basically a channel that was going to be from my studio. And uh, I was like, here, you know, I can make you sound like this if you come record with me. And uh, it got a, a decent amount of attention. That It was back in the days where YouTube had these video replies where you could you could go on a popular video and and you could basically respond to that video with your own video kind of like reaction content now but it wasn't real time so i made that cover and i put it as a video reply on taylor swift's official music video and i guess it showed up in like a playlist right after mm. yeah you know, some people saw it and i was very encouraged i was like okay maybe this could work then, you know, life happened and, uh, you know, you graduate and you're like, all right, I got to find a job now and, and all this. And so I would do these covers. It, it, I kind of gave up on the dream of a studio and I just did these covers for my personal enjoyment, maybe like twice a year. It was very, very low upload rate. 
And I did that for all the way up until like 2019, 2020, where I would just be making these things. And, you know, I bought a house in 2017 and I had this room that I built out to my, be my little recording studio. And it was just, I had like 7,000 YouTube subscribers. That was great. I was like, this is awesome. I'm, I'm big enough on YouTube to get some feedback from some people without being so big that I have like a bunch of people that's finding it that maybe didn't need to find it. Just some um, negativity. Yeah. Bastards. <laughs> bastards. Yeah. Absolute bastards. There's a really good sweet spot on YouTube where you have this really supportive audience and nobody that uh, doesn't like it is going to care enough to, to come in there. So, uh, and then the pandemic happened and uh, I was working in live event production. I was the, like the technical supervisor of a, of a theater and obviously we shut down we were all sent home. And uh, so here I was in beginning of 2020 with absolutely nothing to do, but like I had built out like a decent recording rig. And I was like, if there was ever a time to try to make it, I'm never going to get a better time. This is like the whole deal. So I just started making more, more often it's found some people and then, you know, TikTok was blowing up. And, and I made this again, it's funny how it comes back to Taylor Swift, but I made this video that was based on a trend of, of a Taylor Swift song that was going viral. And I covered the song within the trend and it got like 4 million views. And I showed it to everybody. Like we would still have these weekly meetings at the theater where we would sit in the theater on stage, like 10 feet apart. <laughs> and we would like try to, so what, Alex, what did you do this week from home? Well, while uh, we're supposed to be on the on the clock working in a live event production environment, what were you able to do from home this week? It's like, well, not much. I don't know. I can do the inventory again. but uh, And so, I showed everybody. I was like, well, this thing happened. I, um, I got a bunch of views on TikTok. And then, and they were like, oh, neat. Anyway, let's get back to work. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and enough people from that TikTok found my YouTube channel to like give me a huge boost on YouTube where views actually matter. And uh, it, it was, it, I just, I was encouraged by the viewership and I just made more and they watched more and I made more. And then we, we opened back up and I tried to do both things for a full calendar year. And for that full calendar year consistently, I made more income from YouTube than I did my full-time theater day job. Wow. And at the end of that year, I was like, I, I got to do something. Some, like, I, if, if, if this isn't the right environment for me to dive full in, then it's never going to happen. And so I went to my boss and I was like, uh, this is such a rare thing. So, so many people dream about this moment. And so few people, I think, get to like enact this where I'm like, I'm leaving. I'm sorry. I got bigger fish to fry. I'm way overworked in this theater and I feel like I uh, have a lot more to offer the world. So bye. And uh, it was very scary. Like I said, I, it took me a full year to even like try to do the jump and at this time, I was already signed with Pure Noise and I already had like a management team that had found me. And I was like, if, if, if something 
goes under here, then it's completely my own fault. Like, like I'm set up for success. And so that kind of brings us to the last couple of years have been just a whirlwind of making things, going to uh, work with different people on behalf of the record and getting to travel and play a few shows. I'm still very green to that side of the stage, uh, the actual being on stage. And yeah, it's, it feels like it's all kind of culminating in, in this record coming out and me getting to, to go tour with Fred Mascherino in a few weeks. And, um, and yeah, it's just, that's kind of the, the short version, even though it was a kind of lengthy, but <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. That's all we've got time for. No, uh, <laughs> no, that was awesome. Thank you very much. No, no, we, we love that. We'd much rather you tell us all than us have to pick apart and get one word answers. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask is you said that you recorded some of these songs um, a while ago. How long was the oldest one that you've done? Yeah, uh, it was, I think, the summer of 2021. That sounds right. Uh, I went to Florida, which is uh, notoriously warm. Right in the summertime, I went all the way down to Florida and worked with Tom Denny, who formerly of a data remember. He's He's got a really cool home studio. He does a lot of work just right out of his home. Just kind of invited me over to his house and was like, Hey, let's record some songs for this record. And, um, he was really great. Like he, he knows what's up. Like he's kind of like me, he does it all. And, uh, he's very good at, at messing around in pro tools. Like I brought him a demo of the first song we ever worked on, which was the, the something like that cover, the Tim McGraw cover. I, I had these like shitty drums that I had done the night before on my laptop and um, this little guitar riff. And I was like, this is kind of the direction. And he was like, yeah, sounds good. And he was like, he clicked the mouse like a bunch of times in Pro Tools. He was like, do, 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 do. let me bring this up, blah, blah, blah. And there was like the full drum track of like real sounding, good sounding drums. He was like, yeah, I just like punched in all these notes for you so we can track. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be fun. Yeah. I fucking hate people with talent. <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. Like, uh, it's great to hear though that you were able to have that moment of being able to pursue this as like a full time thing and leave the job that you were kind of balancing at the time. And was there a point because of all the success from the Taylor Swift covers in particular? Was there a point where a part of you was maybe trying to lean more towards that or? Is like the pop punk country alternative vibe just always being something you've wanted to put out there? It's, oh man, uh, the, the, the YouTube landscape from 2012 to now has, has been through so many different things of, of like what, what's hot now and what's kind of fallen out of favor. And, uh, it seems very cyclical, like a lot of, uh, trends and just in the world at large, but, uh, when I started, pop punk covers were like huge. And, you know, our last night, I think, had, had started doing that stuff then. And um, they're a little more heavy than just straight up pop punk. There's a lot of overlap. And uh, the way that they arrange stuff and the way that they execute is I always have looked up to that band um, for the quality of their output. It's really thoughtful arrangements uh, like I tr strive to do myself. And, um, so it felt like appropriate, but then once the years kind of ticked onwards, you know, you had all this like electronic music was now popular and then, you know, hip hop blew up 
And now that's kind of like the big thing. And a lot of pop is very hip hop influenced. And you had these years where doing pop punk stuff was, was very much like nobody cared. Nobody watched it. Nobody did it. That's, that's where my heart has always been. I really love pop punk music and the, the, the whole Blink-182 of it all. And, um, you know, I got into like four years strong and the wonder years and the story so far and all these, these other bands that came after. That's kind of what I listened to for enjoyment. And then, you know, I got older and I started listening to more, you know, things like Young the Giant. I really love Young the Giant. I love Pine Grove and that kind of like, I don't know, folksy, still Midwesty kind of emo. Like it's, you know, you start to broaden your horizons as you get older. And then right when I was like finding all this new music that it really connected with me, pop punk comes back into the mainstream <laughs> and uh, I'm like, well, I wasn't expecting that. Um, but you know, obviously it's not all about chasing what's popular, but if you can take these pop punk songs and these emo songs that people love, the whole country music thing was very much started off as a joke. Uh, hmm. I did the panic at the disco. I write sins. And it was just like this kind of like novelty. And then People loved it. And, and it took me a second, but now I, I realize I understand why people love it and why I love making it. Uh, it's, it's just bringing this fresh perspective, these, these new instruments coming in, these new parts, a new feel. Uh, so where you, you get this fresh kind of listening experience, but you already know all the words. You already know the structure. You know, like how it's going to go. And so it's this combination of like nostalgia, but also discovering new things about it, uh, recontextualizing that the, the, the melodies or the lyrics even take on new meanings. It was it, a lot of it is just happy accidents that people resonate with and that I can kind of like go in the direction that the people are resonating with. Yeah. Uh, so I guess again, I'm, I'm very long winded. Sorry. But, uh, <laughs> no, this, this podcast is full run. Pop punk is, is music is in my heart and country music is beginning to take hold in my heart as well <laughs> in a more uh, legitimate way, not just like yeah. the whole uh, making fun of it, which like, I'm not making fun, but uh, it's, it's, it, it started off as ironic and now quickly turning unironic. <laughs> was, was there any songs, was there any songs that you um, wanted to do in a country style, but just couldn't, couldn't work out? I feel like every week um, I, <laughs> I try something and I'm like, well, that, that didn't quite work how I wanted. So let me move on. Um, there's, there's plenty of stuff that I, I like to frame it as like, I'm not in the right headspace to crack it yet. Not that it can't work. Um, so yeah, yeah, there's, there's stuff that I'll, that I've put down that I hope to revisit, but um, it's all very uh, gray. I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things, like, diving into the songs I kind of wanted to talk about is, like, I've noticed with YouTube, there's so many people who do covers and stuff, but as you said, people like you, people like Our Last Night, Punk Rock Factory, are another band who do it. You kind of really take certain nuances from a style you're trying to do or the song itself and really put that into the song. So it's not just, oh, it's these chords, here's the chords in a different style. It's really, you've picked a riff or a piano lick or something like that and make the most of it. And you talked about 
Blink-182, that's a style you like to do quite often. You've had a lot of viral videos doing stuff in the style of Blink-182. On both sides of it, is there certain things you look at for the dynamic of a song, whether you're thinking, well, how would Blink write this back in the day? And is there nuances that you really have to study for a certain song and be like, oh, there's this underlayer or there's this harmony, there's this harmonic. Like, can you talk us through a certain song and how really research you have to do on both sides? Yeah. Um, a good example of that with the Blink-182 stuff is uh, Jumper, Third Eye Blind's Jumper I, I did a couple months ago. Uh, and that whole outro bit has those really, it's just this iconic bass line. And then on top of that iconic bass line, there's this lead guitar that and like for my version, you know, Blink-182, I, I made it faster, of course, and the drums are way more busy. The guitars have these, uh, it's, you know, it's a lot of power chords, but then on top of the power chords, you build these riffs and, and yeah, it is, is a compositional arrangement thing that I feel like is my specific thing that like, if I had to pick one thing I'm good at, it's arranging and composition. And so, yeah, there is very much like, here is how to play the riff in the third eye blind version. Now it's, it's, it's a tricky thing. And, and uh, I don't claim to be an authority, but like, I feel like I have a decent sense of how would this translate into the very specific pop punk voice that that Tom DeLong plays on the guitar, you know, from just obsessively listening to them over the years, you start to almost subconsciously draw the parallel of like, okay, well, let's drop this note and let's push this chord change to this beat and let's let's play it in this like octavey thing. And then if we if we just kind of downstrum everything and then take away all of the the nuance. <laughs> Um, it, it starts to sound like Blink-182, or at least in the pop-punk world that Blink-182 can come from. So, yeah, there, there is definitely a, a deep dive on like certain iconic parts like that, where you say, okay, let's literally not do it one for one. That's, that's, if you wanted to hear it the way they recorded it, that's still there. You know, so I feel like there's not a lot of value personally in just recreating stuff in a different guitar tone or whatever it is. I, I'd love to take things a step further and, and get to the reasoning why the part is there and how it could fit into a different genre. I, I do that a lot, a lot with the, the country stuff, taking pop punk songs, going to country. Obviously it's, it's the same principle of, um, you know, there's, there's parts that are written in these pop punk songs that if you just put them on acoustic guitar or a piano lick, automatically they sound so much different, but then you can take it a step further and add the, the stylistic, how would a Nashville guitar player play this literally on mm. the fretboard differently than, than a pop punk guy. And that's where the magic is. And that's where the artistic fulfillment for me really comes from is doing that kind of stuff. It must be hard not to get carried away when like doing Blink, for example, and like, oh, it, 
Is there too many drums? But Travis would have wanted it that way. <laughs> Travis, that's all he knows. Too many bloody drums. Well, you know, it's, with with YouTube specifically, it is interesting because you get comments immediately on on like just how accurate or inaccurate <laughs> they think you're being. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I've, I've gotten the gamut of like Travis would would go way harder than that, or like I've gotten some people like. You put way more thought into those drum parts than Travis ever would have. And I'm like, I don't know if you know Travis Barker. It's just, it, it, the thing about comments is it's, it's really hard to take them at face value yeah. um, in any of them. And, hmm. and it's, it's a dangerous path that I'm still learning how to traverse. Honestly, it's, it's, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm a people pleaser at heart and I want everybody to like me and I want everybody to walk away you know, feeling some positive emotion. And when certain people don't, I'm like, but no, come back. I, I, I promise I can make it better. <laughs> I'll add 30 more fills to this song if you need. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, um, we've had the idea before of, of like the making a video, this song, but if we took all of the comments advice. Oh, ah, that's good. I like that. That would be so good because it's got to be, there's got to be so many contradicting comments as well that you could literally, in the same part, play both of the contradicting comments parts and be like, see, this is why it doesn't fucking work, you idiots. This is why I do it and you don't. <laughs> oh, people, man, they drive me mental. Would you, um, have you ever thought of doing maybe a tour with other cover acts or bands? Because I think that would be amazing, really. I don't know. I've never thought of that. It's, it's, it's hard. Um, it's, it, I guess it becomes about what I want my legacy to be. I, mm. I, I, I don't want to just go out and play shows and be the front man of a covers band. I, I'm still trying to crack the code of what does a live experience truly look like as a manifestation of my whatever I do. Um, it's it, again, with the whole resurgence thing, there's been a lot of like these emo nights and these like pop punk nights that are popping up and making, you know, a lot of headlines and, and the, they're, they're quite big. And, um, I've played a few of them. The crowds are always incredible. Um, it's, it's hard for me to, again, I don't have a lot of live experience. So, it, you know, you show up in one of these things and, there's DJs and there's hundreds of people. And then they're like, here's this guy with an acoustic guitar. He's going to play you, you know, feeling this by Blink-182, but now it's acoustic. And um, it's, it's fun. And, but I, I feel like that's, again, that's not where my strengths are. I'm not opposed to it. I'm just still trying to feel it out. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, there's a lot of really good cover bands out there that that is their strength. Maybe maybe I'll leave it to them to do, but uh, we'll see. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. Oh. yeah well, that's interesting because, yeah, mentally it must be a lot of, you know, you're still figuring a lot of this out, but still if you want to be known as a certain thing, because there is a, a lot more substance to it. You don't want to just be the covers guy, but as well, I'm sure you want to embrace that, but it's kind of a weird weird bag, weird thing to juggle. Yeah, especially because I, I the the draw of it, I feel like at least part of the draw is that it's just me doing everything. I'm on the drums, I'm playing the guitar, I'm singing. And it's kind of this novelty of like, 
it's not a band. It's just this guy. And so now if I just hire a band, I feel like the magic of it is a little bit diluted. I don't know. Well, what you do there is how you add that magic back in, you get four other chaps that look like you <laughs> or have masks made, right? So oh you've got to you've got to get a backing band and everyone looks like you. You're welcome. You are welcome for that fucking brilliant, <laughs> brilliant touring idea that is going to make you hundreds of thousands of pounds. You are welcome. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, this is recorded, so we'll, we'll work out the legal stuff. Uh, yes. The yes. <laughs> Man, the casting project for that would be insane, I'm sure. Well, yeah, oh, that or, or like lifelike kind of masks, like almost, <laughs> almost become the slipknot of covers. <laughs> oh, man. He's an ideas guy, ladies and gentlemen. There's a festival promoter somewhere listening to this and their eyes have just gone cha-ching. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> well, th- see, at that point, the the lead singer can just be a different guy in a mask and I don't well, have to be him. Yeah, uh, yeah, but you- people, people focus on the lead singer. I don't know, like, <laughs> you're going to be singing, so it's going to be your mouth movements that everybody knows. Whereas if it's just a plain face of you and Ed, beard, hat, they could even have the hat down and just be... Pl- oh, yeah. Uh. Listen, Alex, if you don't do it, I will. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if this uh, idea popped up somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Question I always wanted to ask was, um, have any of the bands, um, well, I know you've got Fred Mascherino, uh, formerly of Take It Back Sunday, um, has done Liars with you, which uh, I listened to earlier and it is now completely stuck in my fucking head. Um, <laughs> Have any of the other bands reached out to you or um, ever congratulated you on your version? Uh, yeah, there's there's quite a bit uh, online where I, I'll see like the Bare Naked Ladies. Uh, that, what? That I, I covered their song one week and um, they shared it. Uh, Yellow Card actually um, shared my, my cover of Only One. There's been several, um, but I've also had a few in person once uh you know i went i went to nashville last year and um there was this this guy that that was talking to me he was like hey man i gotta introduce you to chad gilbert um he's over there in the in the other room and i was just like that's okay i um i i might be too nervous for that uh so maybe not and then he caught me off guard and i was just kind of standing around he was like hey alex this is chad and chad was like I, I love your, your country version of, of, of my friends over you. It's really good. And I was like, it's a great song. (laughs) (laughs) And I I was like, I didn't know what to say, but, um, it was really cool to, for him to acknowledge that. And then obviously, uh, working on, on the record, um, the other half was produced by Alan day from four years strong. I've done a couple of like little kind of joke videos. Like if four years strong played this Christmas song or whatever, Mm. And uh, he saw that. He was like, so you're the guy that did that Christmas song, right? <laughs> and I was like, yes, that was me. Sorry. And he's like, it was pretty close, actually. That's probably how we would have done it. I'm like, okay, that's a decent compliment. I'll take that. Yeah, that's real good. Yeah. Who would be the dream collaborator? Uh, I'm kind of obsessed with the starting line and Kenny from the starting line. Uh, he's, you know, I've followed his career ever since the starting line kind of ended in like 08 or so. And uh, he did this other band called Person L, 
that was kind of like this indie rock thing. It was really cool. A lot of cool ideas there. And then he went on to do another solo project called Vacationer, uh, which is just like this like stoner, like indie hip hop lo-fi thing that is really like it captured my attention quickly. And uh, he's got like three albums under that. Wow. And I didn't um, even know that. He's he's just this like really well-rounded artist. You can tell he's just about the art. And uh, that that same event I was at in Nashville, he actually played a couple of acoustic songs. Um, and I, I saw him backstage. I didn't I didn't say anything. I'm just uh, I'm not a guy that's gonna, I like gave him the head nod, and he was like, you know, he was masked up and everything. So I was like, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him his space. But uh, I got to I got to watch his sound check, and I was like the only person in the room watching him play these songs. This is this is for why me, I do it. It's a private gig for me. <laughs> I finally made it. It was great. Yeah, but it's it's lovely to hear that you're having all those experiences and really taking it one step further. Like we've mentioned the Fred Marcherino collaboration, but you've had one of the guys from State Champs on this new album as well. And I believe you actually got to perform your version of a day to remember song with them live oh, recently yeah. so like these what experiences just playing with uh one of the biggest alternative <laughs> acts in the world oh, i forgot about it yeah what well it, i'm making a, a full video about it they 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 brought me out to um they're doing these these theaters all around the country and uh they completely retooled their entire catalog to be like acoustic and a little bit country leaning they like hired a music director and these like Nashville guys to come out on tour with them. And it's really well done. Like they actually put a lot of thought and energy behind these, these reimaginings. It's hard to say, but I think I am the one that kind of kicked off the idea by putting out my, (laughs) (laughs) my, my version of their, and they, they loved it so much that they just, straight Cheeky up took my arrangement and put it in their show <laughs> wow. and they were introducing it as like this is a cover of a cover of our original song wow right what we're gonna do is right <laughs> when you get that money that a day to remember owe you for a whole tour they based their fucking idea off right they they took that from you and went oh we could do that for our whole set let's make money <laughs> with the money you get from that Send me some for the mask idea. It's just okay. Give me yeah, some of synergy. that. Remember money. Yeah, give me some of that. Yes. See, oh. that's that's the thing. It was it was really interesting because those were the type of theaters that that I worked at. You know, a couple of years oh, ago. Oh yeah. And like, so I was walking around backstage. Like, this all looks very familiar. Like, this <laughs> is like really cool. And um, yeah, they they had it dialed in. You know, on that tour, they had this big huge giant road case that would come off the truck and you just take the front off and it's got like speakers and a flat screen TV and like an Xbox or whatever. So they can just take this whole like entertainment rig and they just sit in the green room and and hang out and then go play some chill acoustic tunes and, and hit the road. But uh, yeah, so they, they invited me out on uh, one of the dates that were closest to me. And um, they just, they introduced me and they were like, this is the guy that arranged this song. He's going to come play it. And, uh, I walked out there with my little guitar and and we did the thing. It was really cool. And what was the reaction? Obviously amazing, I guess. Yeah. I mean, th- those crowds were just, I mean, they were there to party. It it, it wasn't like, um, you know, everybody had an assigned seat and it was kind of a theater like that. It was, 
it was not like a standing thing, but obviously everybody just kind of stood anyway. But yeah, the, the crowds were great. And, you know, they introduced me and, and there was some woos in the audience, like, you know, as if people <laughs> knew who I was, which was there we go. Just insane. Yeah. You're underselling yourself. You're <laughs> underselling yourself. Like, I, I love uh, it. I do it. I do the same thing myself. Um, I was going to say, did they do downfall, uh, did they do downfall of us all in a country styling? Cause how does that work? That's the one that I did. Yeah. Did, did they, you did, uh, right then uh, I need that right <laughs> I fuck it. that's my favourite one that's my favourite <laughs> ever since I heard the genius that is how did nobody in a band before then go we need to do the fucking breakdown with our voices does your version have a country twang do you go I took it into like a, a into a melodic space, but it's still like a gang vocal. Um, that I, I I kept the the spirit of their of their version, but yeah, I, I had like a long conversation with Jeremy backstage, and um, he was telling me about like the creation of that part and all of this other stuff. And well, go on, then. yep, yep, go up. give us the story. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, save, it'll save us. It'll save us having him on in the future. Then go on. ah, yes, yeah. <laughs> Apparently he wrote it on acoustic guitar, that whole song. And then it was translated to, you know, what it is now. And I think it was, Jeremy was saying he really pushed for that. He was like, we should all just like, cause we were recording a demo on the bus and I was trying to get this, the part out of how it should sound. And, and then, you know, it just kind of turned into, well, let's keep it and let's make it like a gang vocal thing. And, and it was, it was, it was really interesting to hear him talk about it because he write he writes a lot on acoustic guitar and so it's kind of like this full circle thing of where he wrote it on acoustic guitar, turned it into a full band thing, and now they're back playing it on acoustic guitars. But uh, yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah, but that that's must be crazy for you to see that like your stuff now has impacted bands already that they want to like work with you, and then like they think, oh, that's a good idea. Like it's not. It must be nice to see that your blueprints and ideas are having an effect on the bands that you've covered. had an effect on you yeah 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 it's uh i've maybe i haven't been looking hard enough but i feel like i've never really seen this type of thing happen where uh you know some something has been so almost universally embraced by the people who you know wrote the songs to begin with and i i feel like i have to attribute that to um just the deep level of respect and appreciation i have for these songs going in i'm i'm not I'm not necessarily here to like make memes, it, although like I like to keep it lighthearted and I'll throw in some jokes, but like these are like legitimate, you know, attempts on my end of like recreating these songs that I love in a cool way. So I feel like that, that has to have some type of effect in the world. Well, on the flip side of that, has there been anyone where has either not liked a version of a song that you've done of theirs or you've been worried they're like, oh, I don't know if they'd, they'd appreciate this or take it the way it's supposed to be. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Ando. And I'm Fer. And we host Niñas Bien Podcasts. We want to invite you to listen to our show. Niñas Bien means good girls in Spanish. But you have to know that this is not a podcast for good girls. Or for girls at all. It is a comedy podcast. So everyone is welcome to listen. We talk about sex, relationships, technology. We recommend movies and TV shows and discuss pop culture in general. And there is Chisme Ajeno too. A section we have just to gossip about everyone. So you'll find something you like here. And you'll practice your Spanish. The cleanest Spanish you'll find, we promise. And if you already hablas español, vamos a hacer tus nuevas amigas. We'll be your friends for the non-Spanish speakers. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Hosted by Acast and available to all audio platforms. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com I have had one interaction with Mark Hoppus. Uh, where he heard the, like I did, I miss you in kind of a country style. And I think enough people bugged him about it to where he had to go on Twitter and be like, Hey guys, I've seen this. You can stop sending it to me now. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's all he said. He didn't like pass judgment on whether or not he liked it. He was just like, Hey, just so everybody knows. I've seen it. <laughs> I would this have been under thing. the comments going, yo, that's me. What do you fucking think about it? Oh. I really, I, I don't want, and like, I'm, I'm all for it if the artist wants to reach out to me, but I, I really don't want to make it a habit of like going and asking like, you fucking have you seen it? Just do it. Like, yeah, it's fucking. There's one guy that, that actively did not like what I did to his song and, that oh. is the singer of Old Crow Medicine Show. Medicine Show. Uh, that's they sing the song Wagon Wheel. I don't know if you're familiar with Wagon Wheel. It's kind of like this uh, Southern U.S. very popular song in the South. Uh, it talks a lot about like mountains in North Carolina and all this stuff. Uh, it's kind of like a country folk thing. It's pretty slow. I turned it into like a pop punk deal, and he saw it on TikTok, and he duetted the TikTok, and he was like. This is like wuss rock or whatever. I think he called oh. it wuss rock. Uh, and <laughs> oh, and then the next day he was like, you know, I'm I was hard on that guy yesterday. He's really good at a lot of stuff like editing, I guess. And and what? that's what he said, and that was all of it. So oh, oh wow. the fucker, that's- the fucker. I would have fucking <laughs> torn him apart. I'd have gone wuss rock, wuss rock. I sped it up. 
I made it faster. You was in slow wuss rock. Slow wuss. The worst of all wuss rock. Slow wuss rock. Oh. You fuck. And this is why nobody in the UK has ever heard of you. <laughs> That's what we want to say to him. The fucking knob. There might be something oh. to that, yeah. 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 Um, but there's, there's certain songs you've covered, and I've like, I've obviously you don't need permission from bands to cover this or anything, but I've always wondered, like, oh, I wonder what their thought is of that. Like, for example, yeah, now you, you, you've... If you change certain bits, yeah, if you change certain bits, uh, then they can, um, then they can cancel the publishing, right? Hmm. I don't, I don't know. I, I, again, I, I don't think I've had enough, uh, of these interactions, uh, to where it's be- it's become an issue. Well, my old band covered um, "Lap Dance" by NERD, mm. and um, we sent it to NERD because we didn't. Um, we took out the third verse. Um, there's a there's a white rapper who turns up on it, and he starts rapping, and we cut that out and just had like a big breakdown in the middle, and we sent it to NERD, and they didn't clear it, so we weren't allowed to put it out because we changed that one bit. Huh. Maybe I'm doing something wrong, but um, I haven't <laughs> well, you're had any... You're getting away with it so far, <laughs> no, so you're doing it right. Off. You're doing the right. I haven't had any clearance case. issues. <laughs> nice. That's cool, though. Good. I'm glad. I, but I, I, do, I do change things structurally quite a bit. Like, you know, I've, I've cut a chorus, the first chorus in half before on a song. Or, you know, I'll put the hook at the beginning to start the song, and then we'll get into the rest of it. But again, I... I I don't know what the legal the legal issues or ramifications of that okay, are. Okay, yeah, we'll probably take this. Yeah, we we'll take this question out. We we'll take this question out. <laughs> yeah, uh, we didn't ask that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, like, it, it, it's fine now because this pure noise records is problem anyway. If anything comes out, <laughs> oh, don't uh, say that. No, no, it's on the label. <laughs> and, and talking about them, I mentioned you know the album Southern Charm comes out January twenty seventh on with Pure Noise. How did um? the working relationship with them begin? Did they just kind of see you online and wanted to get involved or like, could you tell us about yeah. that? It was very early on when, you know, the things started popping off as they say, I think before I even had a manager or anything, they DM'd me on Instagram and they were like, Hey, let's talk. And, um, I guess, you know, I guess they saw something, some potential in me. Um, and so we talked to them and, and, I was, what was I going to say? No, like (laughs) this was like the dream label for me. Uh, All my favorite bands are on that label. And, and so I knew whatever, whatever they wanted to do was worth my time. Unofficially agreed to work together. And then I got a manager who was like, do you have a lawyer to sign these contracts? And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And he's like, well, let's get you a lawyer and and then we'll do all the, the proper things. And so, the really cool thing about that deal is they signed me for two albums, uh, this one and then an originals album, just sight unseen. They, I guess they trust that I can write music well enough to, uh, to make that happen. <laughs> but uh, so the plan is to put this, this record out um, that, you know, works in close collaboration with a lot of their bands. And uh, I guess just to kind of introduce me to the whole family. And then uh, we're quickly, starting the process on on writing uh and finding producers and stuff for the originals nice have you got anything written so far you know i they've they're doing this interesting thing where they're putting me in writing sessions with people in nashville and it's been really i don't work like that at all ever 
but it's, it was really cool. Like the stuff that come out that come out of those uh, sessions uh, are really good. And I, I didn't, you know, I, I locked myself in my room all day and I just like work at my own pace and I can try things and, and be, not be afraid to fail because it's just me. And then I go in these other studios with these like, you know, working professionals and I, I'm like, do I have what it takes? I don't know, but you know, you find something to latch onto and then you kind of chase it down and, and, um, definitely out of my comfort zone in that, in that realm, because I don't spend a lot of time writing original music. I don't even know what I want it to sound like necessarily yet. Do I want to write pop punk songs? Do I want to write country songs? Because there seems to be maybe a market for that, but uh, I want to try to find this happy medium there of like, uh, what, what, what does like a natural crossing of pop punk and country music look like in a real meaningful way? Uh, and so that's, that's been a tough one to crack. Yeah. Cause it must be weird writing these original material now because you haven't got a point of reference for anything that like your other material has been for. So I'm sure it must be really exciting because you're kind of starting fresh and you can pour out these ideas you've always had, but it must be just so unfamiliar that is kind of weird to, to experience. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. Um, and again, with my kind of self-professed main strength being the arrangement and the production and stuff, uh, it, it's almost like I just need to write the song. It doesn't matter what genre it is. I can make it whatever genre I want after the fact. So it's, it's been a, a learning process, but this, this first album is, uh, again, the song, the lyrics were already written. The melodies are there. I can just go in and kind of put my spin on it. And um, there's a lot of cool moments uh, that that would not have happened without me working with who I worked with and Tom and Alan. And, um, you know, just them giving me a budget to go spend a week in Nashville and do these writing sessions. And they, you know, these music videos that uh, I never could have done without their support and help. And they just find these cool videographers and they got a bunch of extras for like a bonfire scene. That was like really fun. I, you know, just like, I'm, I've never been the guy to just show up and be like, I'm, I'm the star. Everybody's working on my <laughs> Where project. Where is my trailer? Bring <laughs> yeah. me my trailer. And uh, it's just, it's really nice to not have to do every single step mm. all by myself. Although I love it. I love doing, I love being hands-on and everything. Sometimes you can hire a professional and trust that it's going to get done. And that's been cool. Well, nice. I, I'm glad, I'm glad you've got that luxury because <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a, that's a joint help. Well, Alex, we've really enjoyed this conversation. And while we just start to kind of wind down on a couple of, uh, last things now, um, you mentioned kind of just like YouTube comments and, and stuff like that over, over the years. Is there any that have really stuck with you? I know you try not to focus too much on them, but is there any in particular that have stuck on you good or negative wise that you're just like, how have they come to this <laughs> conclusion? Or just like, well, what's like the most randomest comments you've had in a positive and negative way? Oh man. Um, the, the positive ones, the ones that stick with me are the ones that kind of, uh, they let me know how 
I've positively, positively affected them. Like, you know, I was having a bad day and then I heard this and it's just so infectious that I feel, you know, better now. This is, I look forward to this channel because I feel it's like an uplifting thing. And then there's, there's people that, that really appreciate, they can granularly appreciate what I'm doing. Like, I see what you did there and it's really cool. Uh, fellow musicians and stuff. I think a lot of people are, are also musicians and, and engineers that watch my stuff, which is very flattering because those are the people that can see behind the curtain and they know what's going on and they still enjoy it. Um, as opposed to somebody in the general public, they might not be able to articulate why they love it. They just know they love it. But also they don't know the general public um, or scum, as I call them. Um, they don't know. <laughs> yeah, they don't know how long it's taken you to fucking record all of this and to shoot all of this and to edit all of this and fucking to get the color in right and the fucking yeah, it's yeah, they don't yeah. get it. So yeah, I understand. Yeah, what you mean by like your p? It's basically your peers telling you how good it is. And yes, yeah, that's fucking that's class. Yeah, listen to those people more, <laughs> much more than <laughs> the general but public. The, that's the negative ones that stick out are the ones that are just so clearly wrong like yeah. where they'll, they'll yeah. say you know on the blink ones specifically they're like this doesn't sound like blink 182 at all <laughs> at all yeah. really you can't you can't follow the through line at all okay hmm. um it, it's it's just clearly like they they wanted to pop off in the comment for a second um yeah. somebody wants an argument yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and, and with so many people discovering you for the first time i'm sure you're going to get even more interest now when the record comes out what's one thing you hope people take away from either these covers or just listening to your voice on stuff is there anything you just kind of hope that they, they take away from it i i've kind of realized that i'm kind of i'm a music appreciation channel i think at the end of the day uh you know there's always something that I want to, uh, some idea that I want to get across with everything I do, whether it's, you know, the idea, even that be encouraged, uh, as like a, a musician just starting out, you don't need to go to a professional recording studio to, to express your art. Uh, you, you, I purposefully don't have the most expensive microphone that I could buy. I don't have all these crazy preamps. I, you know, I, I invest, you know, gear wise in what I need to get the job done. And then I use the shit out of it until I need to upgrade. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of messages I, I want to send in that realm of like, just make it, get, mm -hmm. do it, learn from it, get better the next time. That's exactly my process. I am always amazed when I go back, even in 2020, the level, the quality level that I was putting out, especially on video, uh, the video end of things, you can see just every video looks better. Every video sounds a little bit more polished because I'm, I'm learning by doing. And that's a huge thing that I, I advocate for is just like, don't, don't go to school for it. Don't, I mean, if you want to go to school for it, <laughs> go for it. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, don't spend all of your time reading blogs or watching TikToks. Uh, just get in there, do it, see how, see where it's not as good as it could be, learn from that and then keep going. Uh, and you know, in terms of 
the whole nostalgia thing. I think a lot of people and myself included, I'm like, well, what, what would my channel be without the nostalgia? Like the, the mm-hmm. I'm standing on the shoulders of giants here. Somehow I've found a way to make it um, artistically viable and, and meaningful. And uh, it, it's, I'm just a guy, you know, I'm not like a team of people. Anybody can pick up a guitar and open up a, a Pro Tools session and, and start working on something. And so I, I, like, I like that idea that there's less gatekeepers and less hoops you have to jump through uh, just to, to make art and make art sound good. Nice. Yeah, that's a, very, that's a really nice message. Really, we really appreciate very, very that. Cool. Uh, a lot. Before we let you go, Alex, um, obviously the album's coming out now and the January is there. Anything else you'd like to just leave the listeners with or just want to plug, let people know, please go ahead. Uh, this, this little tour I'm doing with Fred is at the end of this month and it's in like the upper Northeast US, uh, January 26th through 29th. If you live in that region, uh, go to the colorfred.com. You'll find ticket links there. Uh, he's playing, I think his full like 2007 album, or at least a lot from it that been to nice. break the color Fred album. And then he's got a new record out. Uh, so that's going to be really fun. And I'm going to be doing acoustic versions of, of stuff I've done on the channel, but I'm, I'm reworking certain things. I'm spending a lot of time actually on, on building out like a show. Uh, and kind of test running some things. So it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be fun. Uh, Fred and I are going to be hanging out at the, the merch booth, uh, talking to people, hopefully. So yeah, come out to that. Other, other than that, just go check out something on the channel. Nice. Nice. And bring that tour to the UK, please. Cause please I would do, very yeah. much enjoy that. So if it's That'd just cool. for me, just for me, I, you know. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it wouldn't really be cost. It wouldn't really be cost effective just for you. No, but, it wouldn't yeah, really. probably yeah. do it for everybody else. Um, and we will. Um, we're going to get Kenny from the starting line on you, and then I'm going to make him um, get in touch with you about doing stuff. So, because yeah, um, yeah, thank you very much for this. I've loved your energy. The covers I've heard. So oh, I listened to Helena earlier. Unbelievable! Fucking oh, yeah, fantastic. That was a fun one. Yeah, so I'm going to, as soon as we finish here, I'm going to go listen to Downfall of Us All. But thank you so much for doing this. You never dropped the the, the band name. What's your band name? Oh, the band is called The Blackout. The Blackout, um, okay. Yeah, you, yeah. luckily, we only made it to America twice. So you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. 2009, we did 2009's Warp Tour. Oh, we did okay. Bamboozle Festival in New York um, okay. as well. But um, yeah, luckily for America, <laughs> we never did very well over there somehow you've got more intelligent people when it comes to music over there so we didn't catch on but um but we're back anyway to anybody that's listening exciting. to this who doesn't know the blackhead is back and doing download festival so that's new and strange to say but yeah thank you very much for doing this let's do another one soon let's definitely do another one when you're um when the other record comes out as well that'd be awesome it's, it's really great to meet you guys I put that in because of uh, country music. Is that? Oh, I thought it would have been like yeehaw. That's the one. Yeah, you got it right. You listen to more country than I do, so I don't really know. I don't. Um, but yeah, what a fucking story! 
very inspirational. The fact that he judo flipped the pandemic. The pandemic was trying <laughs> to stop him. And he went, I'll use you to get fucking famous. So yes, well done, Alex. Absolutely smashing it. Please go and check out his YouTube channel. Just the fact he's got to speak to, meet some of the bands that he's already covered. And we've got to get fucking Kenny from the starting line on now because I want oh, to yeah. make... I want to make that collaboration happen and I want to be to blame for it. And I want Alex Melton to be in my fucking pocket. So he owes me forever. And when he's massive, then he can take Raiders out and we'll be booed off his tour. That's, that's a very um, specific plan. I yeah, like it. And it's not a good You've one. Got a goal. Yeah, but it's not a good one because at the end we end up just getting booed and nobody liking my band. But it'll be fun to do the tour. But anyway, uh, I think we should get the starting line on because that would be an episode we want to do itself. So that would be a bonus. Oh, I know but, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Alex is a hell of a story. Um, it's so good to see like he gets to do all these, but also is keeping things tongue in cheek. There's a lot of skits on his YouTube channel with certain covers and stuff as well. But if you haven't checked out already, I think you'll really enjoy it and have a laugh with. A reminder that his debut studio album, Southern Charm, is available yeah! on January 27th. That is next Friday, a week today. A week today, Pure Noise Records. Thanks again to the team and for our friend Holly uh, for sorting this out. Throughout the conversation, he mentioned that he's going to be touring with and has just done uh, a cover with Fred Mascherino of the Color Fred. Uh, he's a former guest of the podcast. If you haven't listened to that already, go back to episode 111. Um, one, we one, talked one. about one one one. Talks about nice. his time in Taking Back Sunday and everything like that as well. And that was the episode that Dashboard Confessional listened to before he came on the podcast as well. So it's a it's a really nice one to, uh, to check. In it mad, in it mad. <laughs> when you think about it, right? When you think of like the kings of emo, you got to mm-hmm. think fucking Chris Dashboard Confessional, right? Mm-hmm. One of the greatest, most handsome men that's ever ever been created, right? By God, he listened to our podcast first. I went, yeah, I'll do that, which is mad, really mad. Because like, the thing is, if he'd just been kind of forced into it and his label, like, oh, you should do this. And then he did it and he was like, oh, the world of a fucking Welsh idiot. He listened to it, listened to us talk to Fred about Fred, do the bits before and after. And he went, yeah, I want some of that. The mad fucker. But yes, go back and check out episode 111. Uh, with Fred Mascherino. What a fucking lovely, lovely chap. He has written some of the most iconic emo of the 2000s. So um, that would be a hell of a tour. I wish he was coming over here. Yeah, so do I. But our back catalogue is full of surprises. So if you're first time listening, you're going to find a lot of nice things. Um, quickly, for people who are into kind of these different covers and stuff, I wanted to mention uh, our last night was talked about a uh, very good metal versions of popular pop songs if you want if that's your thing i want to give a shout out to my friend christina rotondo she takes beautiful covers of uh, alternative bands and we need to give a shout out to punk rock no, factory no we don't who no, you're going to be touring with no, never very soon that's the shout out and thing i wanted nice. to get at Clever. Sean, see? nice yeah. i see it now mm. yes yes mm. um yes i will be touring with punk rock factory through february and march um i will be djing in between the bands i believe so check out punkrockfactory.com i'd imagine 
Um, I don't really know where their website URL is, but it's got to be punkrockfactory.com, haven't it? Otherwise, they've missed the trick. Also, January 27th, which is next Friday, I'll be DJing in Swansea in Sin City at Thanks for the Memories. I think it's already sold out. Um, but if not, come and uh, come and hang out. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Yay. And then, yeah, so, yeah, just check out my socials, at Sean Smith Sucks on Twitter, at Fiction Smith on Instagram. Check out Morgan socials, which are brilliantly the same name, at <laughs> MH Richards underscore on all social medias. Um, also, check, uh, hey, check out our podcast stuff. At Sapling Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and fucking TikTok, if you want to see things we did. We did some fucking real good TikToks, and they fell flat, and we haven't bothered since. So, Also, if you've listened to more than three episodes, you are legally bound to check out patreon.com forward slash sapling, where you can give as little or as much as you want to support the boys and also join the Patreon gang, who are the most supportive, supportive group of people I've ever come across in my life. I need to say a big thank you for how cool they've been the last few months to me and Morgan. We've had some fucking horrible ups and downs, and um, they have been there solidly. So thank you very much, as always, to the Patreon group. Patreon.com forward slash something. If you head to the description of this episode, there's loads of names there that we do thank. But of course, as always, Sean is going to give a mahoosive shout out to the elite members of our Sapnin podcast Patreon community. Those and the people in the higher tiers. The elite. The, the elite. Thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwowe, Janelle Castan, Paul Hirschfield, Tony Michael, Dilly Grimwood, Kelly Owen, Scarlett Charlton, Natasha Morris, Emma Barber, Nathan Croshaw, Mitch Perry, Sammy G, Kat Besson, Dana Lasnava, Jenny Robertson, Murray Grimwood, Scott Jones, Amy Dawson, Amy Louise, Stuart McNaught, M. Evans Roberts, Stephen Aston, Caroline Robertson, Kate Puttock, Louis Cook, Danny Eaton, Carl Pendlebury, Martina McManus, James McNaught, Jenny Munster, Kelly Emma Cannon, Emily Perry, John Aredia, Jordan Emma, Craig Harris, Khalil Keen, Ollie Ainsbury, Adam King of the Goths Parslow, Josh, I accidentally drank holy water with laxative. I will start a religious movement anytime now, Crisp. Ha ha ha, poo joke. Thank you very much, Alice Wood, Reese Bowling, Kate Stevenson, Kyle David Smith, and last by no means, Connor Lewis and family. Thank you very much to those people. Yes, we appreciate them very, very much. They help keep this podcast alive and coming out every single week. That's every single Friday. There's new episodes with special guests and a lot of laughs in between. It's my birthday on Thursday, by the way. January 26th is my birthday. Uh, So fucking hell. At MHRichards underscore again to send me wishes throughout the week if you're feeling lucky. Or send me abuse if you think my puns and questions are really bad. Either or. Don't ask them to do that. Don't ask them to do that because they will. It's just nice to get some messages sometimes. But anyway, <laughs> this has been a great this has been a great conversation. I've enjoyed it very, very much. And I'm excited for a lot of things to come in the future. So we'll see you next week. Yes, 21 at last next week you'll be. You'll be able to drink in America then, Mog. <laughs> Woo! Anyway. Sapnin! Oh, Sorry about that. We'll try again. Leave that in. Sapnin! <laughs> I turned into Mr. Scream from Wayne's World. Hey! 
You're listening to Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.